When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. This is Under Review with Stats and Vish. Vish Kumar is going to hop on in a second. Before we get rolling here, I want to remind everybody, please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel. And as always, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. We're going to get into Trey Lance. There's another Trey Lance. I don't know if you want to call it a rumor, but it was a tweet that popped up over the weekend that certainly gained a lot of traction on Twitter, and it got me thinking about the potential possibilities of a Lance trade and exactly what it might take for the 49ers to pull the trigger on that deal. Vish is going to come on and talk about why they shouldn't do it, which we both agree with, so that'll be a fun conversation. Before we get into all that, though, I just want to uh, say... Thank you for all the ratings and the reviews that we have been getting. We do appreciate them. Uh, I always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. This one comes from GGlen1209. Five stars. Gold standard is the best 49ers podcast network. I listen to all the podcasts religiously. I drive 60 miles each way for work every day. That is an insane amount, by the way. It's the whole crew that makes the drive tolerable. I love the different perspectives. Even Grant is a great new addition. I think you should do a show with the winner of the contest, Eric Crocker, who brings a great player's point of view to the conversation. I'd love to do a show with Croc. I've done his show a couple of times. He's come on our show. It's always fun. Uh, I would definitely be open to that. I know he's a pretty busy guy, but if he would be open to it, I would absolutely love to do a show with Crocker. And yes, congratulations again. He did win the 49ers Media Madness bracket. Uh, So again, please uh, rate, review, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And uh, we will read it on the show. All right. So the Trey Lance stuff, we're going to get into it again. Vish Kumaran should be hopping on shortly. I just want to remind everybody before we start about the what was said at the league meeting, because I think that has to be part of this conversation you have to maybe you forgot or whatever the case may be but we got to start there as we welcome in what's up Vish? how you doing hey rob sorry about that uh but i mean i figure i come in two or three minutes late in every podcast so the apologies are just yep it's uh, fine daily excuses <laughs> from Vish. it's fine uh no Good i was see just, you though how are you i'm well how are you doing okay doing okay it was Supposed to be somewhat of a quiet week with the 49ers, you know. <laughs> Maybe there wouldn't be news. And then this random NFL account that now, because these NFL random rumor accounts on Twitter are starting to get bigger and bigger, we have to take them with a level of seriousness. Um, and there was this random account now talking about how the 49ers would accept a second and a fourth for right, Trey Lance, so- which is, by the way, very similar to the compensation the Jets originally got from Carolina for one Sam Darnold. So. Before we get into that, and I'll throw it up on the screen in a minute for anybody that missed it. I think I was just saying we need to go back to the owners meetings and remember what was said. Here's Lynch on trading Lance. Quote, we'll listen. We listen to anything, but we like Trey on our team. We're very excited about the way he's progressing about his opportunity. 
Kyle Shanahan would go on at those same league meetings to say the exact same thing. We'll listen on anybody. We'll we listen on offers for each other if they were good enough. Is basically right. to paraphrase what Kyle Shanahan said. They didn't say no. They did not rule it out. And I think that's why people are taking this tweet that popped up over the weekend a little more seriously than they might normally. And I'll throw it up on the screen for people watching on YouTube. It's from at NFL Notify. And it says, quote, 49ers are willing to trade Trey Lance in exchange for a 2023 second and a fourth round pick per source. Lance has played just 262 snaps in his last two seasons, yada, yada, yada. When you combine that tweet with the fact that the Niners themselves didn't rule it out, I feel like that's why this thing has over, you know, what is it, 240,000 views. <laughs> I Okay, so the Niners not ruling it out. I don't think they didn't rule it out because they are or are not trading Trey Lance. I think that's just a generic answer they're going to provide unless you ask a trade about Nick Bosa or Trent Williams. Maybe they might smirk in your face about that one. Or maybe they'll give you this same generic answer for that one as well so i think it's kind of just their fallback you still with me vish yeah i am did you lose me uh for a second but you're back now okay perfect perfect so i think it's their fallback dude this at&t wi-fi by the way do not get (laughs) at&t wi-fi do not get at&t wi-fi i'm in a one-bedroom apartment and i'm maybe 50 feet from my route no no i'm like 20 feet no i'm like 10 feet from my router like i i'm exaggerating and look at that rob <laughs> but uh, but the point is not to rip on at&t too much is that i i think that that's more of a generic answer i think where people look at a trade as a plausibility is when people when they say well hey brock purdy's the leader in the clubhouse right now mm-hmm. the contract they gave sam darnold is not a third string quarterback number I don't care what anyone says. You don't give a quarterback that you intend to be your third string quarterback incentives up to $11 million to play. They signed him within 30 minutes of the legal tampering period of free agency. Mm -hmm. So they clearly coveted him. So that's another thing. And he's carrying the 15th or 16th highest cap hit on the team next year, which means that for a team that talks about not wanting to keep three quarterbacks, which is something Kyle Shanahan explicitly mentioned, he would prefer to have two quarterbacks. Um, I think on game day as well, uh, Sam Darnold's going to be on this roster next year. He's carrying the 16th highest cap hit on the team. Sam Darnold will be a 49er in 2024. Now, if Brock Purdy's hurt and he's the leader in the clubhouse, then if we're talking about two quarterbacks in the number game, numbers game, naturally it just becomes, hey, Trey Lance would be the guy of the three that you could create a trade scenario for. I guess if you're thinking like that, logically, okay, you can piece something together that a trade makes sense for Trey Lance. But when you look at the history of the 49ers quarterback situation, Rob, over the last seven years under Kyle Shanahan, like I understand why this is a conversation. I understand why you could read the tea leaves and draw the conclusion. But if we don't read the tea leaves and we just take a logical outlook onto this, it makes no sense for them to trade Trey Lance this year. It just makes no sense for them to trade Trey Lance. If we're taking, hey, we'll take their mindset out of it. We'll take reading the tea leaves out of it. If you're asking for my opinion on what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, trading Trey Lance does not make sense. I agree. He's more expensive to trade this year. He's about $2 million more expensive to trade this year, he's going to count 9.3 against the cap. If they trade him, it's an $11 million cap hit. So, you know, there's the math there. 
Um, so, I mean, that cap hit, you incur that cap hit if you trade him pre-June 1st, right? Post-June 1st, that cap hit diminishes a little bit. You're still taking a loss on the player in terms of the financial value in the 2023 season, but it is a depreciated cap hit. Now, the issue I have with that is Kyle, Sh- except for John Lynch, Brock Purdy, and uh, Kyle Shanahan have both very honestly admitted that only at the three-month mark, they will have a clearer timetable of when he's coming back. And so I feel like when you have so much unknown with Brock Purdy, you and I feel like are the only people talking about the fear of Brock Purdy having to come back without having an offseason at all. Like, to me, that's a big deal. It has nothing to do with how Brock Purdy played last year. It has nothing to do with my outlook of Brock Purdy's future. Uh, I don't think we need to even have definitive conclusions there on either of those things. Just for any player, the player could be Brock Purdy, could be Trey Lance, to not go through the offseason and have a pressure to come in week one, week two as a starter and deliver at a high-level performance, I I don't think that's a fair expectation. So when we throw all of that in there, Rob, it just makes no sense to me. I I maintain, I've said this the entire offseason, to me, the Sam Darnold, Trey Lance splitting, splitting reps thing is weird. If Brock Purdy was healthy, Brock Purdy should start. Since Brock Purdy is not healthy, you had this plan that Shanahan said in 2022 he thought was going to yield massive results for Trey Lance. He said that. In the owner's meeting, he said yep. that. Why wouldn't you just continue that plan in 2023? That's the only thing that makes sense, but the 49ers don't keep telling us that, and I want to know why they're not telling us that. That is the very weird thing. And I wonder if Kyle maybe looks at all these guys as interchangeable. Uh, there was a, a chart that came out. Oh, man, I'll see if I can find it to throw it up on the screen. It was an e- I think it was an EPA per play chart for co- all the right. quarterbacks uh, from all the teams. And if you looked at the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, the two dots were basically on top of one another, which essentially shows that the Niners got the same EPA per play virtually. It wasn't identical, but it was really, really close out of Jimmy Garoppolo and out of Brock Purdy. And right. part of me does wonder if Kyle is just like, you know what? It's me. It's me. It's not any of these quarterbacks. I'm the one that's doing this. So I'll do it with any of them. So if it's Brock, great. If not, I'll do it with Darnold. And if we can get something for Trey, then I'll get something for Trey. Is it possible so, that's what's going through his head? I, I think it's possible. It's funny you cite that particular stat, right? EPA per play. It's a very, very nuanced stat that's basically calculating, right? Whether what is your probability of scoring from the position that you start with the ball with and then you know how successful was your drive compared to what your probability of scoring was and it's basically coming up with a number to measure offensive efficiency some people use it as a quarterback evaluative stat some Mm -hmm. people covering the 49ers really enjoy using that stat to (laughs) define whether a quarterback is playing well or not playing well And perhaps I think if you use that number across the board, Rob, for across the NFL and through that large sample size, I think perhaps you could use it to cite quarterbacks. But here's the issue with citing with Kyle Shanahan, right? We talked about Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo having similar success, ranking near the top of the league in terms of EPA per play. um, And of course, being exceptionally successful in terms of their offensive efficiency. And we know that That not only has to do with um, Shanahan and his brilliance, but also the 49ers weapons, but also there's a level that they play well. Now, here's the funny part of the stat to me, right? Um, When we talk about Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks in the past, right? Matt, there's Matt Schaub that played with him in, oh gosh, let me pull up the stat real quick. Matt Schaub played with him in Houston. 
Um, I I got all of this and then I I missed the tweet. There we go. So Matt Schaub started in Houston for seven years between 2007 and 2013. Shanahan was his coordinator for two years in 08 and 09. In 2007, the year before Shanahan took over, Matt Schaub ranked 17th in EPA per play. The three years after Shanahan, you know, went to Washington from 2010 to 2013, Matt Schaub ranked 15th in EPA per play. You know what he ranked in 2008 and 2009 when Kyle Shanahan was his coordinator? He ranked sixth in terms of EPA per play. So there we go. There's one example. Now let's take Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's possibly a future Hall of Famer, Fall Hall of Fame quarterback. Matt Ryan had Dirk Cutter in the Falcons offense as the one seed in 2012 before his career even met with Kyle Shanahan. He was, you know, the rookie of the year before um, Kyle Shanahan became his coach. Now he won the MVP with Kyle Shanahan. But let's talk about EPA per play with uh, Matt Ryan, 2015-2016, when Matt Ryan was coached by Kyle Shanahan, his EPA per play, third in the NFL. From 2017 to 2021, when I tweeted this out, Matt Ryan ranked 17th in EPA per play. From 2008 to 2015, Matt Ryan ranked 11th in EPA per play. It's a stat. It's a good stat. It <laughs> reflects that Purdy and Garoppolo have played well, but every quarterback that, you know, has had some level of success in this offense statistically has ranked pretty highly in terms of EPA per play. And it's definitely an interesting metric. And our eyes tell us, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo was okay for a lot of the time he was here. He had some level of success. Brock Purdy was outstanding for a seventh-round rookie and all of that um, in this time he played for the eight games he played last year. And he also had just explosive moments in general. The offense averaged, what, 33 points a game with him under center. Mm-hmm. But this particular stat is very, very difficult to say, hey, the quarterback's really, really good because every quarterback that plays with Shanahan, that's not, you know, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard is finishing highly next to their peers in EPA per play. But that's why I think maybe Kyle thinks we're OK if it's just Sam and Brock, because I look, I've shown that I can do it. Everybody gets a boost for playing with me. According to this chart, really, the only quarterbacks that were ahead of Purdy and Garoppolo in EPA per play last year were Tua Tungavailoa and Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Like, that's pretty friggin' amazing. They were Purdy and Garoppolo were basically on the same level, slightly, slightly behind Josh Allen, but like, it's really, really close. So that's what makes me question. Does Kyle just look at it as like, look, we'll get more draft picks. We'll restock the cupboard. I'll get us through. With the quarterbacks, I'll figure it out. Brock clearly showed he can do it. Kyle is convinced that Brock's going to be healed up, right? Ready to go. And I don't know, you know, I do the Niners look at it and they're like, hey, if we trade Trey Lance, if they can, let's just take that tweet at face value, right? A second and a fourth for Trey Lance. That's obviously really good. And if they wanted to, hell, do they package IUK and a second and move up into the first for somebody that they love for a tackle, maybe, or, so- or a corner? Like, who knows what they got planned? This isn't this isn't that kind of draft, though. That's the problem. I don't think there's like 10, 15, you know, top 10 picks in this draft like there were in 2021, for example. Right. You had the four quarterbacks who were projected to go somewhere in the five quarterbacks in the top 15. But then you had, you know, the Micah Parsons, the Jalen Waddles, the Jamar right. Chases, the Kyle Pitts. This draft doesn't really have players like that. I think the one player that you would put somewhere near that type of a conversation is Jalen Carter. And then he has a lot of stuff pending off the field that doesn't make anyone know 
what his where his stock is and then his pro day workout was terrible i mean it was terrible uh so like i i just feel like i can't see them making that kind of a move rob because there's not really players in this draft that would warrant making a move of that magnitude in my opinion and then when we're talking about you know you brought up the point of hey shanahan might think he can do it with all these guys and they might be Mm -hmm. interchangeable well that to me is the actual point of why you continue to keep trey lance if you look at all these guys as interchangeable your quarterback room is relatively cheap even with all three guys all three of these guys under your cap you have a guy in brock purdy who's going to be hurt the entire offseason he might be your long-term guy in 2024, but in 2023, I don't think it's fair to carry Sam Darnold and put expectations that Brock Purdy needs to be on the field and be your starter in 2023. I think that puts him in a very, very difficult spot in terms of return from injury. And then you always use the buzzword, right? Return to performance. It puts a lot of pressure on that return to performance being fast. And so if you have this much belief in the quarterback position being interchangeable, why not just reset with the guy that you traded three ones to acquire now that you know he's gotten hurt in back-to-back seasons and you can kind of see hey what's really going on with him or what's really going on with Sam Darnold I I think the key point of this offseason that they've made clear I don't think they've necessarily changed their outlook on Trey Lance in the sense that perhaps long term they've always felt he could be a certain player and they still believe that Uh, maybe I'll give them that but I think what's changed, Rob, is that I think in 2022, what's clear to me now is they did not feel Trey Lance was the best quarterback on the roster. They felt he could become the best quarterback on the roster. They didn't feel he was the best quarterback on the roster. And they thought that, hey, if we played him throughout the 2022 season, our ceiling, our team is so freaking good and our roster is so good and our schedule is pretty easy that my maybe by week 10, Trey Lance is the best quarterback on our roster. And now we have a Super Bowl ready roster. Now, unfortunately, he got hurt, so they never got to see that play out. But, you know, them calling in the 16 different players and telling them to publicly support him and all of that, you're not doing that if Trey Lance is, you know, better than Jimmy Garoppolo in everybody's mind. Why would they need to publicly support him? They all think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So why do they need to now go out of their way to publicly support them? Or why do you need to deliver the message that they need to support him? So I think that that part is clear. And I think the part that's clear to me also about going into 2023 is he's not going to play this time if he's not the best quarterback on the team that's healthy. That part is why I think Sam Darnold's here. If Trey Lance is not the best quarterback on the team again, if they felt that way about 2022, Rob, they're not just going to play him because they use three ones to acquire him and they feel they owe him that chance. They feel like they already owed him that chance in 2022 and he got hurt. And they feel they feel like they paid that debt to him. And I think that if he's not beating out Darnold in camp or if he's not definitively better than Darnold, then I think Darnold will play over him. I think that that they've made that kind of clear. I don't know if you disagree on that. Well, no, I think that Darnold will play over him. But this whole idea that like, oh, we were going to give 2022 to Trey no matter what. And now we can't do that anymore. That's bogus. Look what Tim Kawakami wrote in The Athletic. I feel like people skipped over this. I'll just read the paragraph mm-hmm. if you're not watching on YouTube where I have it up on the screen. Quote, the problem for Lance's ascension then is the same problem now. The 49ers roster is just too good to be forced to suffer through much of the quarterback growing pains. Those tensions were already beginning to build last season before they were made moot by Lance's broken ankle in week two. Think about that. He played one game in 2022 in a monsoon. Yet because they lost, tensions 
about sacrificing wins for Trey Lance's development were already beginning to build after one week. So this whole idea that, oh, it was going to be the Trey Lance show no matter what in 2022 is bogus. That's why they brought Jimmy Garoppolo back because they didn't want it to be the Trey Lance show in 2022. So I don't buy this whole idea that, well, we were going to do it last year and we did well, right by him last year. Let me ask you a question year. about that. Do you think his tensions, he's referring to the locker room? Because the yes. locker room told us in 20, after week two when Garoppolo came in, Kyle Juszczyk said, this is Niner football. They said they felt like mm-hmm. there was tension alleviated from the fact that there was no longer a QB controversy. Like they just knew who the guy was because Trey Lance unfortunately got hurt. But I think the way the locker room looks at it and management looks at it can be different, Rob. Like, I think locker room might have the same skepticism, but it sounds like management was willing to give him that full opportunity, whether they brought Garoppolo back or not. There's a reason they brought in those 16 players into Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's office and said, hey, publicly support Trey Lance, because they felt like they owed him that opportunity given where they drafted him, and I think they were willing to give it to him. What makes it weird to me is why aren't they willing to give it to him now? Just because he got hurt? Just because well, he got hurt, he doesn't deserve the opportunity you felt like he was owed a year before? Well, I agree with you on that, but don't forget, they brought those 16 players in before they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. They brought back Jimmy less than two weeks before the year began. I don't think that they were behind Trey Lance. Management could say all they want, but what they did was they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. They invited... Didn't it coincide with them bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo? So they brought him back, and before they brought him back, they let these 16 players know we're bringing him back, but you cannot publicly support him. You have to publicly support uh, Trey Lance. I Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, I'm not sure, but I know for a fact that they brought Jimmy back, Like, right, and they invited right. that. They opened that door. You don't have to have that meeting with those players if Jimmy Garoppolo's not freaking there. Especially because Brock Purdy turned out to be a stud. You eliminate all of that. And so I I just don't buy this narrative that they, oh, we did right by Trey, and it's his fault that we suddenly don't believe in him anymore because he got hurt. I, I don't buy that at all. I don't think they've ever properly supported him the right way. And Sign Me Too on Twitch says they've killed Trey Lance's trade value by showing zero confidence in him since he was drafted. And to me, they have showed zero confidence in him since he was drafted, other than empty platitudes when they're behind a microphone. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't think, look, look, when you trade that much to take him um, where they did, I think the first warning sign was when they didn't feature him in the state of the franchise that summer. Like Rob, when have you ever heard of that? A team in their state of their franchise, not featuring their first round pick, let alone when that first round pick is a quarterback, the most yep. important, most mar- marketable position in the league. And they didn't feature that guy in the state of the franchise. Yeah, that's dicey. From there, it felt like they were they 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 look. Here's what I think is the ultimate way I can describe the move. They wanted to have their cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. but they paid hundred and fifty dollars for their cake or two hundred dollars <laughs> for the, whatever's an expensive amount for a cake. They paid it, so they paid so much for the cake that really you shouldn't be having your cake and eating it too. You should just be having the cake. But they wanted to do both, right? Once you gave that much up for him, you kind of had to let go on the idea of Jimmy. But then all of a sudden, they came back to the idea of Jimmy and re-embraced the idea of Jimmy. So it, it, it became a little bit complicated there. But I do think I, Nick Eller nails the point here. It, the lost confidence, he must have been bad in practice, which is a scary thought. Well, I, I think that's the hard part for us to decipher because all we've been told for five years was that Jimmy Garoppolo was trash in practice. 
And there Five straight interceptions. Be, right, right. And there didn't seem to be this major loss in confidence in him. And I'm sick of this vague generality that, hey, they don't want to wait on the quarterback de- developing, right? Tell us specifically what is it that you feel like you can't do. Sometimes I feel like Shanahan hints at it because he called him a Good quarterback, question. a quarterback, a quarterback. Now he calls him a dual threat quarterback, which to me indicates that he feels like there's only a certain part of his pass game and certain pass plays that he can call with Trey Lance under center. And otherwise, to help him in the pass game, he's got to use this run element of the zone read the entire time. And Rich Madrid tweeted out that great stat that the zone read did a lot of good things to the 49ers run game. It really did enhance it. And so that's what I want to know, Rob. What is it? Because I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo throw every dumb interception that you can throw. Yep. Stepped out of the back of the end zone, for Christ's sake. So if it's stupid mistakes from the quarterback, Rob, like they had a quarterback that they went to a Super Bowl in an NFC championship game that was the king of making stupid mistakes. Right. So what is it with the young quarterback? Do you feel like he doesn't get you in and out of the huddle? Well, no, that was something he was supposed to be a prodigy at in college, right? Do you feel like he's not smart enough? No, that's what they tell us. He's That's his best trait, right? They keep telling us how smart he is. So what is it? Is it his throwing? They never come. I mean, I guess maybe Sam Darnold was, according to Kyle Shanahan, one of the best, most talented throwers. I've never seen him compliment Trey Lance's throwing. But I don't know what it is, Rob, but I, I would love an answer. Like, what is the specific rawness that Garoppolo and Purdy have that, I mean, or Garoppolo specifically, let's forget Purdy for a second because not many seventh-round rookies play the way he did. But Garoppolo, for a veteran player, did so many things that were good, but also so many things that were bad. Why can't we live with the bad with Trey Lance at all? That is a fascinating question that I would love Kyle to be asked. What specifically do you want to see from Lance that needs development that you appear to be unwilling to wait for? That is a great question because, like you said, if Trey Lance had had two games with an interception, a fumble, and a safety, like Jimmy Garoppolo did last year in less than a full season, I could understand, right? I can understand the frustration of saying like, look, this is just so bad that we can't suffer through it. But that is, that was Jimmy G. That was the guy that they brought back to quote unquote protect against Trey Lance. So yeah, those are the two. That was the guy who threw the ball backwards a year before. Yeah. In a close ball game, a one possession ball game, he threw the ball backwards on national TV. That's why it's never added up this whole everything that they've done it just doesn't add up when you apply any sort of scrutiny to it and I think that they kind of they've gotten a pass a little bit because the team has won so many damn games and they've Mm -hmm. been so successful and now I think they're kind of hoping to get a pass again if Brock Purdy can come back after one or two games especially if it's like one or two right let's say Lance is going to start and he comes back and his games are pretty much what we saw right some good some Mm -hmm. bad and let's say that's two games and the Niners go one and one. Then it's super easy for Kyle to just be like, well, Brock's back. Thank you very much, Trey, for doing the job. Here you go, Brock. If Brock gets in there and he plays like he played last year, they don't have to answer any questions about it, right? That The scrutiny goes away because they're winning. So I think well, that they, that is sort of the plan for them. Well, yeah, I guess that plan kind of makes sense. But can the guy play back-to-back games first? Like if the, <laughs> if the idea in 2022 was that he was going to improve as the season goes along and you didn't even get to see what that improvement between week one and week two was because he was hurt, you know, 10 snaps into week two. He threw a little return route to Brandon Ayuk that got like 20 yards. 
And then he made a couple other throws in that Seattle game. They ran it a bunch of times. Debo had that insane special all time, you know, 55 yard run where he made like yep. eight guys miss. And then he's hurt. Like, how, how, how do you know? How do you know, hey, what this guy's growth capacity is and all of that? And that's where them getting Sam Darnold means that they're not as excited to find out as maybe we thought they were. Because if they, I, I understand getting a quarterback this offseason, Rob. But there's there would have been a nuance in the quarterback that they got. Right. And when they got him, if yeah. And the deal Ta- he got as, as well. Taylor watching on YouTube. Trey is fidgety and insecure in the pocket. Inaccurate, slow release, not a good scrambler, and doesn't have leadership and tangibles. Have you not watched this kid? First of all, he's a great scrambler. He's not a very good designed runner, but he's a great scrambler. He's elusive. His release isn't slow. His yeah, windup is long, slow. but it's not slow because his freaking yeah. arm whips around like a like a rocket. I mean, he's got really like, fast hands. And again, how do you know he doesn't have leadership intangibles? He started four games. This is what I don't understand, Vish. Why is this guy so polarizing? Why is Trey Lance so I, polarizing? He's not. He hasn't had any off-field issues whatsoever, and he's played so little yet. There the. the Arguments on both sides are so strong, and I don't understand why. I Yeah, I don't understand how people are even talking in definitives on him. And it's funny because, like, I have been classified this offseason as both a Trey Lance negative guy and a Trey Lance <laughs> lover. But it's like I, I fall into this situation where, like, I'm maybe not because I didn't, like, love him before the draft either. So I'm not, like, the most convinced that he's just going to maximize reaching his ceiling. But I'm also not ready to like write him off or anything. Like I just want to see him play before I even deliver any sort of commentary on him. And then the leadership part with quarterbacks is it, it always gets me right. Like what is a good leader? What is not a good leader? Uh, if you win, it, you become a good leader. Right, right. We like to throw the winning thing, all of that, and guys, you know, like I was told for years, especially when I was talking about when I first started doing this, right? Like my first real big take, and it turned out to be completely lucky because an offseason later he requested a trade, was that the 49ers in 2021, the quarterback that they should pursue was one Matthew Stafford. Like, because I'd seen him play in Detroit for years and knew how good he was. But Matthew Stafford is not a leader, Rob. That's what they said when he was in Detroit. Well, it's, how can not a leader win a Super Bowl when all the great quarterbacks that win Super Bowls are leaders and winners and have this intangible? <laughs> I, we just like throwing out certain vague generalities to describe people we like and then use that to diminish that people we don't like. I, I don't think it's even fair for any of us to sit here and question Trey Lance's leadership. He's not leading any of us. How do we know if he does a good job or a bad job at it? And so, uh, J-Mail watching on YouTube, what's the infatuation with Lance? People act like we're trading away a 100% guaranteed certified Super Bowl champion in the making, when in fact, Vish, he has a 1-2 and two record against mediocre teams. It, it's when actually I- the opposite, Rob. People act like it's a 100% guaranteed certified Super Bowl champion if he's gone. And right. there's people <laughs> like you and me that are like, hey, we're not sure about this entire quarterback situation. The guy we think we could be sure about is hurt. Why not give the guy who you thought had the chance to be great another chance because the other guy's hurt? Right. That's the thing. It's not that we're sure they're going to win the Super Bowl and that we're sure he's going to be great. It's that he might be. And we haven't gotten a chance to find out. That's why I think people like me are on the side of play him, play him. But then there's this J-Mail ads. And I've seen this specific phrase. 
from multiple people when talking about Trey Lance. And J. Mill writes, his boy toy stands are what is so polarizing about him. And the fact that anytime he gets criticism, we have to hear about the race card. That boy toy phrase, for some reason with Trey Lance, I've seen it multiple times when people talk about fans of him. And I don't understand why. There is a hostility there. If you say anything good about Trey Lance that I do not understand. Well, and he, there's a few people on Twitter, I think, that take the extreme too far, right? Just like there's certain people that got irritated by the people that were the biggest Jimmy fans in the fan base or people got irritated when people like my my good friend, Larry Kruger, he's the Brock guy, right? He liked Brock Purdy in training camp. So now he's like too infatuated. He loves Brock too much. Like if you have an opinion on any of these quarterbacks that's strong in any type of way, I think they all get characterized a certain way. And I would say all extremes, like every extreme, Larry is not an extreme, by the way, in terms of Brock, but all extremes, extreme examples of that are irritating. I think Jay Mill has a point there. Like there's certain stuff I see on the timeline too. And like, I'm someone that says, Hey, give Trey Lance the chance. Hey, he's got real potential, but I also don't like seeing scrolling through the timeline and seeing every single day, Trey Lance is going to be a top five quarterback. Trey Lance has top five potential. Trey Lance is best in all of these categories. (laughs) When I'm also in that same boat thinking like, give this guy a chance to play, but also let's see him play before we start throwing out these, like he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that. In both Ooh. ways, my mic is unhappy. Oh my me. goodness! What vicious mic just jumped up and hit him in yeah. the face? My what mic did not want to hear me. My mic wants to say all those things about Trey Lance, and it's not happy that I'm saying, "Hey, let's <laughs> wait on it too before we annoy him as well." Is your mic a Brock stand? That was. I hope you're okay. Um, Welbert <laughs> Compost watching on YouTube. How Trey Lance has fans. He did nothing yet for the franchise. He hasn't had a chance to do anything for the franchise. That's the that's the only point I feel like people that are are on our side of the argument are making is that we don't know what we have. And why would you want to move off of something before you know what you have? Like it's like the mystery box thing on Family Guy, right? Like, ooh, the mystery box. It could be anything. But why would you want to just get rid of it before you see what's in the box? That's I don't understand that part of it. We've seen four games and people are like, well, let's get rid of him. He can't do it anymore. And it just seems really, really weird to me because you could potentially be giving up on an upper echelon quarterback and it costs you nothing to see what's in the box. People are acting like if you let him play upper echelon quarterback. We've had quarterback controversy for seven different years. Why not maximize every opportunity at finding a different quarterback, right? Like Brock Purdy is seriously injured now. So like, you got to go back to the other option there is. Like, I think so many people are, you're a Trey guy, you're a Brock guy, you're this guy, you're that guy. I'm not really a guy for any of these guys. Like, I like talking about all of them because I think all of them have interesting stories and interesting football skill sets that deliver conversation for all of us, right? But- Ultimately, like the fan in me is committed to uh, the 49ers winning, regardless yes. of who's at quarterback, it's committed to the 49ers winning and the analysis, 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 the analysis, analysis, the, the analyst in me, ah. analyst, look at me. I was going to analyst. Do you have a concussion, a concussion yeah. after that microphone hit you in the face? <laughs> Dude, I think so. I think so. It delivered quite a blow. It was not happy with me. That was like an Adesanya Pereira one, two, boo, boo, right there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was the the analyst in me is just like let's just talk about it as honestly as we can. If we look logically and honestly at the flow of what things need to happen 
for the 49ers this offseason, their best case scenario is Trey Lance shows out because he's yep. the one guy who's actually been in this offense that's going to get reps this offseason. Like, I like Brock Purdy a lot. Don't get me wrong. But I'm scared probably a lot more than a lot of different people. It's not just the injury, Rob. If he comes back like August you know, 5th and the season starting September 10th, like Jimmy Garoppolo came back, what, August 15th, August 20th, and they swore to God that he didn't get enough reps when he first came in against Denver and he first <laughs> right. came in against Seattle, and that's what you know caused issues. And he was also rehabbing the entire offseason, but he was a guy that's played way more football than Brock Purdy and way more football with these guys. Like he had been with these guys, the Brandon Ayuk's, the Debo Samuels for three years. They've had three off seasons mm-hmm. together and all of that. And so because of that, Rob, I, I feel like it's it's not fair for us to put all our eggs in any basket with this quarterback situation. I'm not saying put it all with Trey Lance. I'm not saying put it all with Brock. I'm saying in the situation that you've created for yourself, just let's see who kind of wins out. Perhaps it's Sam Darnold too. I, I no, wouldn't it's not rule Sam that Darnold. out, though I think that's the least <laughs> likely possibility. He just wait, Rob, just wait. I will say Rob, this. And have I've you said seen this. how the quarterback situation has gone the last five years? Anything is fair game these days. I have said this and I continue to say it. I don't care where the good quarterback play comes from for the 49ers, but I just want upper echelon quarterback play. If it's if it came from Jimmy, I would have been fine with that. If it came from Trey, if it comes from Brock, I don't care, but I want upper echelon quarterback play. I don't think that Brock Purdy is going to be able to provide that to you long term. Now, I may be wrong about that. I may be wrong about that. I fully admit. I think that Trey gives you the best chance to have that play long term. And I think the Niners owe it to themselves to find out. That's all. I don't even think that's that radical of an opinion to have. But the response, I feel like, to that opinion is treating it like it is. Man, vicious internet is really dragging here. Yeah, I agree with your opinion. Oh boy! All right, vicious seven. Am I here? I see you, Vish, but apparently okay. we're having some major lag issues. Sign me to nine. Watching on Twitch says 49ers quarterback talk equals Rob's magical crate of content. It never goes away. I'd love to be able to talk about other stuff, but it's like it just bubbles up constantly. Like here we go again, more quarterback stuff, more more rumors. Hell, Kirk Cousins still is a thing. Aaron Rodgers still is a thing. It's like every, it's like the Godfather line. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Let's see if Vish's internet is back to normal. How are we doing now? There we go. AT&T Wi-Fi. Do not get AT&T (laughs) Wi-Fi. They do commercials on YouTube show. Usually I'm doing a non-commercial to AT&T Wi-Fi. This is unreal, man. This is unreal. But... I heard what you I heard what you were saying before about the point that you just want to see any quarterback play. And what I wanted to say was if Brock Purdy was healthy, Rob, I would just say, okay, I, I as much as I would like to see Trey Lance get that opportunity and play, you can't really displace Brock Purdy right now. So you would just let, you know, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy would have the opportunity. The magic to this offseason is he's not healthy. And he had an, he had surgery just a month ago. And he had a surgery that Cam Inman called career saving and an injury that Mike, Mike Silver called severe in an article that he was directly quoting John Lynch talking about the injury. Mm-hmm. So we have two different variables there that, you know, change our entire perception of this quarterback room, right? Because if he was fully healthy, I get it. Now that he's not healthy, why not just give that guy 
the chance right back. I don't know why he's circulating so much in trade rumors. I understand people like to just say it's baloney, it's this, it's that. But Rob, when you have people, the people who are speculating about trade rumors aren't, you know, you and me on the gold standard network as much as we love the gold standard network as big as the numbers are we're not national we're not you know talking to 85 different people around the league and forming opinions that you know are getting portrayed a certain way and when you have everybody national making such a speculation stuff like that last week i saw florio and sims on your old show that you used to produce they talked about it two or three different times there were a lot of different national shows having this conversation rob when all of that's included this is a very very real point of conversation around the league somebody thinks that this could be a possibility whether it has anybody to do with the 49ers or not people are reading the tea leaves a certain way Yep, And I don't think that that should be read that way at all. I, I And I don't think the 49ers have given anybody a reason not to read the tea leaves and draw that conclusion either. I do want to go back to the original tweet because I feel like we didn't actually Second and it. fourth. Yeah. Second and fourth. Would you make that trade? If I make you John Lynch, give you a little less hair, we'll give you a Hall of Fame football career. You're John Lynch. Your phone rings. It's the Tennessee Titans and Rand Carthon. Second and a fourth for Trey. You doing it? No. The hole on my team the last five years is the quarterback position. Why have the 49ers not won a Super Bowl in the last five years? Their quarterback hasn't been good In 2019, quarterback didn't play well. 2020, quarterback got hurt. 2021, quarterback didn't play well. 2022, what? Quarterback got hurt. So why would I (laughs) trade a quarterback? Explain that one to me. Is there any deal that I could offer you that would get you to say yes? Yeah, give me the three firsts I originally gave up to acquire them. Or give me a quarterback that's an established veteran, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Give me that. Okay, I'll get rid of Trey Lance tomorrow. But without an established veteran or an established quarterback, and as long as Brock Purdy remains injured with a a timeline that we are not 100% sure when exactly that return is going to be, and let alone the injury being serious enough where – you know, him not having what, you know, most players describe as their most important offseason uh, from, you know, first year to second year, an offseason where they really get to train and all of that. Why would I trade a quarterback on this roster? That's like that's where, like, I, to me, logically, it's such a question that you need to shut down. And yet the Niners just always leave. They always leave. They leave every the door cracked on every opportunity. And in some ways, that's great because they're willing to discuss and talk about and do anything and everything. But then in some ways, it also leads to them overthinking, overanalyzing certain processes like, you know, trading up for a quarterback the month before the draft, not exactly knowing (laughs) who that quarterback was and then going through a month to study them more and having the most revolutionary quarterback evaluation process in the history of the sport because nobody's ever traded up for a spot. They usually trade up for one player. And they don't have eight different national insiders saying, no, no, no. They changed their mind throughout that process. You can say we were wrong on reports, but we know they changed their mind. These things don't happen normally, Rob. And so, yeah, I like I I don't get it. I don't get how they're handling it. But why would they trade a quarterback? They have not won a Super Bowl in five years because of the quarterback. It's been a lot longer than five years <laughs> since 1994, right, I would argue. Right. Um, but. That's the other part of this. And, you know, someone said, I think it was signed me to uh, watching on Twitch said that quarterback play. Yeah, there it is. Is Rob's magical creative content. <laughs> it's only that way because like you said, the 49ers constantly leave 
the door open constantly. Every time they talk about the quarterback, they never just say the coach speak boring thing to shut down the discussion, right? Are you going to trade Trey Lance? Are you open to trading Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan? No. John Lynch, no, we're not open to trading to Trey Lance. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's coming off injury. Quarterback's a question mark for us. We're not trading anybody. Done. Then it's done. And that doesn't stop you from making a deal if a really good offer pops up that's the weird thing it's almost like the 49ers think well if we say we're not trading them then there's no possible way we can trade them guess what guys you can lie <laughs> go ahead it doesn't actually stop you from anything that's the really annoying part because i well, feel like they should do that to give confidence to trey lance to show that they're supporting trey lance and yet they never ever 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 do well i think that's something we've noticed in shanahan's style instead right Like he thinks the way he deals with people in person should give them an exact idea because he's so honest in what they think of him and anything. So they shouldn't lose confidence if they read in the media like Jimmy Garoppolo did every week. Hey, the 49ers are looking to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, the 49ers are looking to move (laughs) off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, the 49ers. Jimmy should be 100% confidence because we haven't told Jimmy that, right? And I think sometimes they do that. Like they did that to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk didn't know what was the issue between him and Shanahan until they actually like talked about it. And we didn't know it was an issue because they kept telling us, oh, he's not in the doghouse. You know, Trent Sherfield had a good camp. Ayuk had the hamstring injury, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, Rodney Harrison and Chris, and no, Chris Collinsworth, sorry, slips in in the Colts game in the monsoon, in the other monsoon game. He just casually slips in in the broadcast. Oh, Shanahan's like, I love the kid, but he's got to start grinding. Like, what does that mean? You just told us he's not in the, in the doghouse, but Chris Collinsworth is saying directly from you that he's got to start grinding, and that's why he's not playing. So they do this a lot, and I I think the, the thing that sometimes they get away with is that there's certain people in this fan base, no offense to these people, because I understand what it's like being a fan, and I, I feel that way too. You want to defend your organization at all costs, but they like being gaslit. 49ers can tell them two plus two equals five and they will tell Rob Guerrero when Rob Guerrero yells that two plus two equals four that no, Rob, you're an idiot. Two plus two equals five. Yep. Constantly. And that's the clickbait, by the way, people like to say, Oh, you, everything you do is clickbait, clickbait. The real clickbait is two plus two equals five is Trey Lance shows off improved mechanics in the one throw that his people put out on social media. That's, clickbait that's what's going to get your likes and by, your the, shares. by the way i i would like to mention like everything that was talked about mechanically in that was wrong i i retweeted <laughs> a tweet that um look i i'm not a quarterback mechanics expert if anybody else wants to go down that rabbit hole i, I welcome you it's a very very complicated nuance as rotational athletes because i think a lot of people think that everybody throws the ball the same way the first thing you learn when you hear experts talk about quarterback mechanics is that it's it's about finding a way to sequence your body mechanically that works for you, right? So Mahomes does it a little bit differently from Burrow. It's just what works for your particular body. So like a lot of people think that, oh, this guy needs to throw the ball this way or this guy needs to throw the ball this way. Well, you know, Trey Lance's elongated motion might look like an issue for you, but since his hands move so fast, I've heard actual quarterback coaches say that they wouldn't change his motion, that he doesn't have to change his motion because the ball is still getting out quick and he's still creating enough rotation. It's just that sometimes his arm can get a little bit away from his body. And so there was a really, really great tweet from locked in quarterback that I thought described mechanically what was happening there. So Brady Christensen, or is it Brady Christensen? 
Jeff Christensen, excuse me. Who's oh, the Brady quarterback Christensen? coach? Jeff yeah, Christensen. Jeff Christensen is the one working with him, right? And he talked about the extension of getting – and locked-in QB talks about it. It's it's This particular throw, it's, it's tough to go off of it, but locked-in QB says – the tweet isn't accurate, but at throw it deep, which is Jeff Christensen, is getting him right. Getting him out to extension and getting his lower half to do the work. Glad Trey is willing to see what was obvious on 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 tape. And basically what that means is they felt like some of his sequencing was all arm at times. So it's about having that entire thing where his lower half and upper half are in complete sync as he throws the football, which is what was described there. And that's a great change for him mechanically. If Jeff Christensen thinks so, I'm not going to sit here and comment and say, this is how he needs to throw the ball. This is how he doesn't (laughs) need to throw the ball. Trey Lance isn't here commenting on how this is how you write. This is how you structure sentences. You should have short, (laughs) you know, shorter sentences like Hemingway, or you should have this. Like when you're talking about how a guy throws the ball and how he should throw the ball, if you're not doing complete research, and I know this because I've made comments without, actually knowing what I'm talking about and I still don't know what I'm talking about which is why <laughs> in this case I'm refraining from making any comments it, it becomes a very very difficult rabbit hole because you can be spreading certain misinformation to people that really isn't true yeah I agree with you it's kind of like a golf swing like yeah there is an ideal golf swing but what you really want to be able to apply is certain fundamentals. Your hands need to be at a certain place at a certain time to make sure that the club face is square when it hits the ball. Right. How it gets there is not as important as does it actually get there. So maybe Trey Lance or other quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes certainly falls into this category, doesn't have like perfect textbook mechanics, but it doesn't matter because the, everything gets where it needs to go. It was the same thing with Philip Rivers. He had a weird, crazy-ass Shot delivery. Put. But guess what? He was an accurate passer. He was a really good quarterback for a really long time. He was top 10 in passing yards when he retired from football. So I think that that's where people, that there's a disconnect there between what they think it should look like and what it needs to look like in order for Trey or any quarterback to be successful. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I, I think, I, I don't know why people have a perception that, things need to look aesthetically a certain way. And I think sometimes with Garoppolo in particular, just because there was a look about him, right? He was handsome and all of that. Like you expect (laughs) the quarterback to look a certain way. He always said, I mean, he said nothing, but it was always the right thing to say nothing. So like he just handled himself a certain way. So I think people look at him as like, that's what a quarterback should be. And that's where sometimes I, I feel like there's a certain perception being skewed here on what a quarterback should be or what a quarterback should look like. In fact, I think some of the Lamar Jackson conversation is situated that way where I saw Arthur blank tweeting like, or talking about, Hey, we don't know if this style can last long-term. Well, my response was that, yeah, I feel the same way about 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL and it has nothing to do with their style, Rob. They just don't have the talent, in my opinion, to last long-term in the NFL and be successful. So, like, it's like, how can you say that about Lamar when half these guys don't even have the talent to do what Lamar is doing? So it, it's a funny different – it's a funny conversation, but it just plays into, I think, something way more real life in the sense that perception really does skew how you look at things. Like, if a guy has a look or he looks how he's supposed to – in fact, I think Zach Wilson, in some ways, I, I fell for it too. He, he had a look. That looked like a quarterback. He was very, very mechanically sound. He had very quick feet. He had a really quick release. Um, he just like looked 
and threw the ball looked how a quarterback should look like he was a very smooth thrower and how quarterbacks should look throwing the ball. Now that's like 10% of playing quarterback. And a lot of people fell for that. And I was someone who fell for that. I had him ranked highly before the draft. So I, it's a, it's a great life thing there. Cause for whatever reason, I guess Trey Lance doesn't fit that look. I actually think he fits the look in a lot of ways. He's He's boring as hell at the podium. He doesn't, he's he's huge. He's, he's a huge guy. Yeah. He's huge. You see him like sometimes you'll see like videos of him out on social media and you're like, who's that dude? It's like, holy crap, that's Trey Lance. Like he's six four. What is it like two fifty? Something like that. Like he's got two forty. Yeah, he's a big guy. Like that's and why he talks, he talks how the quarterback should talk, right? Like he yep. fits the look to me too, but for whatever reason, for some people, he doesn't seem to fit that look. Mm, I wonder what that reason could be. There you go. Mm, I wonder if that's it's that year-round tan he has. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I mean, let's be honest. There are still a lot of people that don't like black quarterbacks for whatever reason. Well, I think we know the reason, but there are, that's a part of it for some people. That's part of why Trey Lance is so polarizing, especially when you've got, oh, shucks, Brock Purdy on the other side of the locker room. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I think Brock doesn't also is a little bit, in the sense that he's smaller, he's a little bit quieter. He's a little bit more honest than other quarterbacks I've seen about things he needs to improve on. I've never seen somebody say like, hey, I've been studying this particularly on my film and watching to do this better because these guys run routes differently. So he's a little bit more intellectual with his answers um, than a typical quarterback you would see. But definitely there's a perception I think the year-round tan that Trey Lance sports does play into it but I think there's also like the completion percentage aspect of all of it like the quarterback has to complete x percentage of his passes but I also always think the quality of the actual throws Rob makes a difference there like Cam Newton was a 58 percent completion guy his entire career but Cam Newton was also throwing every pass 10 to 12 (laughs) yards down the field like he was a 68 percent completion percentage guy in 2019, when he had Christian McCaffrey and they were throwing swing passes and flats and all these different kinds of things, it's not that Cam Newton was an inaccurate thrower. He wasn't the most accurate thrower in the world, but he wasn't an inaccurate thrower. But um, the issue was that he just had a skill set that, you know, forced them. They threw the ball down the field more. And so if you're throwing the ball down the field more, you're a 58% completion guy. I mean, Matthew Stafford, very accurate thrower. Matthew Stafford used to be a guy that threw the ball down the field a lot, 10 yards, right. 12 yards down the field. Um, when you're doing that, yeah, your completion percentage would be 61, 62, 63, 64. Like, it, it, it's like, even in basketball, right? Like, of course, the big man is going to have a 60, 65% field goal percentage because he's taking half his shots from the restricted area and dunking the basketball. And then Steph Curry shooting, or Kobe, for example. Like, everybody gets on Kobe's 46 percentage field goal percentage for his career right but if you're taking 10 to 18 foot contested mid-range jump shots and you're knocking down 46 percent of them you're actually very very efficient it's just your shot difficulty only allows you know most people to make a certain percentage of those shots so it's like a very more nuanced conversation I think the completion percentage definitely plays into it but like Trey Lance was a 67 percent guy or a 66 percent guy in college so if you want to play that into it like he wasn't your Anthony Richardson who's coming into the NFL with a 54 percentage number that like everybody runs into the completion percentage and says, that's the quarterback he is because he only completed (laughs) X. Yeah. Oh gosh. 
I mean, we're still we're just stuck in this loop until we get to June 10th. That'll be three months after the surgery. That'll be a huge milestone as everybody has from Brock to Kyle to Lynch. They've all said that that's a massive uh, checkpoint, essentially, in the recovery process. They'll have a much better idea of the likelihood of when Brock can come back at that three month mark. Hell, they may get an awesome report at that three month mark and it may be like, you know what? We think Brock's going to be ready to go. Maybe miss one week, maybe be ready to go for the start of the regular season. And this whole thing just becomes moot because they go with Brock and then they're off and running. But yeah. if not, or if there's some ambiguity there, they, maybe they still go with Bro- uh, with Purdy, but then he struggles. Does he have a long leash? That's the other part of this that I feel like we haven't really discussed. And we can do that quickly here. Let's say that they go with Brock early, but he does struggle. He doesn't look like the guy that he looked like last year. What do the 49ers do? Because on the one hand, I think it's legitimate to say, hey, this guy's super young. He's in his second year. He didn't have a ton of time. Maybe he deserves a long leash. But at the same time, you could say, well, the 49ers can't wait, right? They can't sacrifice development. Yeah. If he's not playing well, they got to go with somebody else. That's a weird part of this scenario, too, that we haven't really looked at. Yeah, and that, to me, is something that, like, let's get away from Trey Lance and get to Brock Purdy here. It what, wait, one last thing I wanted to say about Trey Lance that I just forgot to mention, because our man Jay Mill did point out that, like, uh, a lot of people who dislike Trey Lance get labeled a certain way, and we obviously went there because there is a conversation to be had there that does exist. I will say that I don't think everybody that dislikes Trey Lance is just because, hey, he's an African-American quarterback and they don't like black quarterbacks. Like, I don't I think agree. it's necessarily that. I think there's a lot of people that just don't believe in his long-term talent the same way I didn't believe in Sam Darnold's long-term talent when he was drafted by the Jets. So that's there too. I don't want to just make it sound like you and I are labeling people, but to get to the Brock Purdy element of all of this, Rob, I hope they don't screw Brock Purdy that way. I hope he doesn't come back week like four. If he has to come back week four and they start him week four and like week four through six is bad. And maybe the Niners lose two straight and they're like, okay, Brock, we're pulling you. And now you're just, Hey, the seventh round pick that played well, two years ago and now you'll just be your backup quarterback because if they believe in him that much and they seem to when you hear Shanahan and Lynch talk about him ever since he started it's always been glowingly then even if 2023 if 2023 doesn't go right to Brock Purdy to me it's the 49ers fault on how they handle Brock Purdy and I hope they internalize that and don't ruin his opportunity in 2024 that way because in 2023 if something goes wrong that means you rushed him back That means you didn't give him full opportunity to recover. That means you put way too much pressure on him this offseason to come back when he didn't get any reps this offseason. You didn't handle and make sure he got enough reps before he saw the field. I will blame the 49ers if things go wrong for Brock Purdy in 2023. Perhaps Brock Purdy, if things go wrong in Brock Purdy's career in 2023, that's just who Brock Purdy is. But even in 2023, I would just blame the 49ers for that because to me, Again, the pressure that they're putting on him, Rob, I, I don't think it's fully fair. But isn't it? Isn't that the standard that they've set? Because they've said yeah, we can, yeah. Super Bowl win team. We can't wait. We can't wait. Right. Well, that means you can't wait for Brock either. That's why this is sort of a weird thing, because you're basically saying, like, you better be perfect because we, we can't wait. And guess what? We got another guy. We got Trey Lance waiting in the wings. Oh, Trey Lance is in. He can't do it. Guess what? We've got Sam Darnold. He's waiting in the wings. So they've sort of, I feel like they have set it up to where no matter who gets in there, you got to be nervous because there's somebody looking over your shoulder because it's Super Bowl win now team. 
that that's a weird dynamic for a team that has two out of three quarterbacks who are very, I, very I inexperienced. Know. I know. Well, I, I am called Mr. I, I, you don't call me Mr. Consistent. Nobody calls me that, but I would like to be called Mr. Consistency because I feel like they, you know, I, I feel like I've said that for Trey Lance too. Like I feel like the president they set with Trey Lance this off season has been a little unfair. So I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to show off, you know, my consistency because you didn't compliment me on it by <laughs> saying that I, I remain the same with Brock Purdy. But yeah, I think that entire thought process is why they've built such a great organization and such a great team over the course of five years and not been able to win a Super Bowl because they have not valued the quarterback maybe as much as they should have. Now they've invested a lot in the quarterback right? They've invested a lot. They gave Garoppolo a massive contract. They traded off a lot for Lance and all of that, but they haven't propped up the quarterback. Like he's worth the investment that they invested in him, right? They gave Garoppolo that massive contract. He got hurt three games into the contract in the next off season. You got one of the biggest insiders ever in the sport and Chris Bortenson commenting about how Shanahan prefers how Nick Mullins runs his offense. Three games was in between that contract with Jimmy Garoppolo and that report. <laughs> with Chris Mortensen. They gave, traded up everything for Trey Lance, didn't feature him in the state of the franchise, you know, then had this entire thing. Remember, the thing people forget is the first part of Trey Lance's training camp was supposedly out of this world in 2021, right? He was competing for the starting job. He got reps in the Chargers game, which he didn't play well when he got the first team reps. But remember, there was the entire thing of Jimmy, then Trey, then Jimmy comes back with the first team, and Jimmy never ended up coming back. I wonder why. Then they had the two quarterback thing against the Raiders where Shanahan was like visibly pissed off about answering all those questions. And then they had the Detroit game where the first drive of the season, you have Trey Lance throw the easiest touchdown ever. He gets to come in and do that and like take away. And then next thing you know, Trey Lance on Trey Lance is on ice for like the next like 150 snaps until on a random fourth and goal play, they just run a quick read option and he scores a touchdown. Sunday night against Green Bay. So there was this entire thing that didn't make sense there either in terms of how they handled it. And I think it's because sometimes I feel like the 49ers run a meritocracy a little bit with their team, which is great, but they they try not to show favoritism to the position that inherently gets favoritism in the NFL and the quarterback. They're they trying to show it. like, hey, we don't treat our quarterback any better than we treat every single one of you on the roster, yeah, that's which dumb. is great. That's but dumb. they're never able to commit to any quarterback, Rob. And that's my biggest problem with all of this. Like, if you want me to tell you why I think they haven't won a Super Bowl in five years, I think the coach is awesome. I think he's freaking awesome. I think the roster is freaking awesome. I think the organization has done an outstanding job in terms of how they've managed assets, how they've managed everything. They have managed the quarterback position horribly. I completely agree. They've with managed you. the personalities horribly. They've managed the talents horribly. They've managed everything horribly. Yes, they re- they have not valued the position the way that they need to in 2023. And it's very frustrating. Uh, Dean watching on YouTube, just for anybody that joined late, because I know we have a lot more people watching now than we did when we started. When it comes to the financials of Trey Lance, if you trade him before June 1st, he's going to count about two to three million dollars more than he would if you just keep him on the roster. So that's sort of financially how it yeah. breaks down. Um, and I guess they could trade him after June 1st. That's definitely possible. And then those numbers are different. But if here's what it ultimately means. If they really wanted to trade Trey, they could do it. If they really didn't want to trade Trey, they could use the financials as justification for not doing it. But 
those are not going to totally block a deal. It's not like, you know, trading Jared Goff or Carson Wentz where you're taking massive dead cap hits. Right. Not no, like no, that. no, no, no. And the Niners can clear Larry Kruger pointed it out that they can trade Trey Lance, you know, you know, in, uh, incur a what $10 million loss and then restructure Christian McCaffrey, save $8 million against the cap. So now you only lost $2 million. So there's a right. few other things you can do to make it seem like you didn't lose anything um, yep. financially when you trade him. But again, Rob, I'm going to say it one last time because I know we're nearing the end of our usual hour long show and you don't do hour long shows. Um, <laughs> I do. But they're good. I'm going to I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it one last time, Rob. One last time. Why would a team that has a question mark at quarterback trade a quarterback? Why? 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 Yeah, that's a fair question to ask. And my only the only answer that I could have, and I don't believe this, but I think it's the only answer that they would be able to give you is because we really don't like this guy. We really don't believe in this guy anymore. So we don't look at it as a loss because we've already decided that this guy can't do it. Let me ask you this finally, um, because when we do talk about the quarterback position and the management of it, we're directly talking about Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Who I think you and I both mostly compliment probably me more than you. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's an outstanding coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Do you think there's a John Gruden quality to him where he just can't fall in love with quarterbacks? He just can't do it. Every quarterback is just not good enough. He couldn't commit to Donovan McNabb. He couldn't commit. He committed to Matt Schaub early in his career. He couldn't commit to Donovan McNabb. He liked Rex Grossman. He had a wandering eye for John Beck. He couldn't commit to RG3. He liked Kirk Cousins. He then, him and Matt Ryan didn't get along for a year. And then him and Matt Ryan, you know, did something that changed the course of both of their careers. Shanahan eventually getting a head coaching job. Uh, Matt Ryan winning an MVP and perhaps putting him right on the precipice of the Hall of Fame conversation. Definitely when he retires. And then he now comes to San Francisco. He kind of committed to Hoyer, but then switched up to Beathard, then kind of committed to Cousins, but then committed to Garoppolo, but then didn't commit to Garoppolo, but then thought Mullins had something, but then Mullins didn't show something. So then he went back to Beathard, but then he went back to Garoppolo. Then he went up to trade up that people say it was for Mac Jones, ended up taking Trey Lance, thought Trey Lance was going to be the guy at the start of 2021, then recommitted back to Garoppolo, then committed back to Trey Lance, then committed back to Garoppolo, and now Brock Purdy's the guy. It's simple, really. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I told this to Grant Cohn last week. Kyle Shanahan is a quarterback polygamist. He does not believe Gosh. in settling down. He is he does have the wandering eye. He absolutely does. And like you said, he grew up with Gruden, and John Gruden was famous for that. I used to work with Chris Sims on Pro Football Talk. He told me what it was like to have John Gruden as your head coach. He said he would have a meeting with Gruden. And Gruden would be like, you're my guy. I love you. We're going to put these plays in. You're going to be great. And then Chris would leave the meeting and Gruden would go in another room. And the walls of the Buccaneers facility were so thin, you could hear people's conversations. And Chris said he would be in another room and he could hear Gruden in a room with the coaches. MFing him and saying, Sims doesn't have it. He's not my guy. He can't do X, Y, and Z. Five minutes after Gruden was face-to-face with him pumping him up, he hears Gruden tearing him down to the other coaches. I think Kyle is very much like that because ultimately with Shanahan, he thinks it's him. He thinks he can do it with pretty much anybody. There is a minimum level of skill that you need to have. And once you cross that line, Kyle's like, great, I could do it with you. I could do it with you. I could do it with the other guy behind you. I'll find somebody. I'm good enough to figure this out. And that ultimately has been the problem with the 49ers quarterback because you don't just need a guy that can run Kyle's system. You need a guy that can 
make exceptional plays on his own. And the 49ers have not had that since Steve Young. I agree with that. And I, I, I do think part of their grip with Purdy is that they felt like the off schedule thing was the one thing they didn't know he had. And I think that was the one thing that surprised everybody, his movement. It's, it's a real skill. Um, yep. he, he has real quickness. Like there's no doubt about that. Like you can't argue against that. And perhaps they look at Purdy that way that they got a guy who does both for a seventh round pick. And maybe that's the case. I, I think Shanahan also understands that his offense needs a quarterback. I just get the feeling that he thinks that he should have a top five quarterback. And if he doesn't, it's not his fault. It's the quarterback's fault. So he's got to find the next guy that could <laughs> yeah. be the top five quarterback. That's what I keep coming back to. I think it's a little different from Gruden, who kind of just seems sounds like a snake to me. I don't think Shanahan is disingenuous in terms of like, he's going to tell Rob tomorrow, or he's going to tell Trey Lance tomorrow, he's his guy, and then go whisper to Brock Purdy, hey, Trey Lance sucks, you're actually my guy. I don't think that seems like his personality at all, at least in the five years I've, or seven years I've been able to kind of follow him from afar. It yeah. doesn't seem to gel with what we perceive his personality to be. Agreed. But I do think there's an element of complete impatience towards it, where he feels like, I did all of this for you. Now you better go play like a top five quarterback. Okay, you didn't. All right, you're not the guy. Next guy. Let's find him. Or you did this. That pisses me off, but you're not doing this. Like, I know Brady does all those things, but I don't know what the coaches <laughs> do for Brady to do all those things. Wait, you're not Brady? Well, get out of here. Next guy. Next guy's up. Yeah. Except when we actually need Brady. Jimmy, come back, buddy. Right. And then we say, no, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, Big Dez watching on YouTube. I like Kyle Shanahan, but I don't trust him when it comes to quarterbacks. I think at this point, Vish, and I agree with you, Kyle does so many great things as a coach, so many, a ton, but quarterback and his handling and development of that position, I feel like is a major, major unknown with Kyle going into year seven. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's an unknown. And it's like, they've done everything right. And yet somehow everything goes back to the 2017 draft when their mentality of there itself of, hey, let's get the defensive linemen and not look at the quarterbacks means that they were always intending to build a team and never build around the quarterback. And as the league is continuing, right, in the modern NFL, I agree with that idea, right? Like his dad had it right. His dad came in and gave John Elway the infrastructure. He gave him the run game. He did all of that for him. Back then, I feel like that's what you needed because John Elway couldn't be Superman, even though he took the Broncos to four Super Bowls. Like, he just couldn't get them over the top individually as Superman. Now Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are showing us that because of the rules and all of that, it's now become where you want the quarterback to be the superstar. You got to support him still as at any point in the NFL, but now the guy has most more control than he's ever had. So if you do have Mahomes, you know, and Mahomes has a pretty good team, the really, really great team without the good court, without the great quarterback isn't going to come in and beat Mahomes. And even the really great team with a quarterback playing like a top 10 quarterback isn't going to beat Mahomes. That's what this Super Bowl showed us. Right. And so that's where I think when you go back to the 2017 draft and they took the third year sophomore defensive tackle with one year of production out of Stanford, instead of looking at what turned out in my mind to be the best quarterback I've ever seen, a quarterback who was, you know, an all pro MVP candidate type player in Deshaun Watson before all the weird stuff started happening. When you talk about them not necessarily evaluating that, it just goes to show that 
maybe their thought process on the position is still antiquated. And one last point I want to make, Rob, when I hear the 49ers as a team talk about the quarterback position, I'm starting to think that they kind of relish being the team that doesn't have a quarterback and being so good. Like, I think they kind of like that. All their stars get credit for how good the team is, despite not having a quarterback. But none of the stars ever get blamed. In any big situation, anytime the Niners lose, we're not talking about Trent Williams or Debo Samuel or Nick Bosa or Fred Warner or George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk, who are actually the players that got him to that point, or Eric Armstead. We start talking about the quarterback immediately. And I think they kind of like that role. It makes them kind of historically unique. I kind of start to get the vibe. Like Debo Samuel talks about, we don't care. Who's that quarterback? We don't ask the quarterback to do that much. I think there's an entire culture on this team that just says, like, whoever's a quarterback, we're going to get the job done. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's a good mindset because that's why they've been so successful, despite having so many questions at quarterback year to year. But I think in terms of why they haven't won a Super Bowl, it's because they don't want to empower that guy and have him be the guy that gets them to the promised land. They don't do that for that guy. They sure seem to care about the quarterback when it was a dual system and they were mad that Trey Lance was a quote unquote undermining Jimmy Garoppolo. They sure seem to care about it then. Right. I it's it's internally, eternally frustrating that they never clear the deck. They never <laughs> This is this is my in. Well, my bad. Sorry. I just read the comments and I got carried away. Oh, uh, what was the comment? Who was it from? Oh, it, it's my boy, um, underscore 187 underscore i love this guy because he comes into the comments and he always brings it he loves purdy and i love that he loves purdy and he says we are greedy we went eight no with purdy went eight no with two playoff games that's not good enough for people it, he, he's got yeah, one no, arm not. dude he's got it's one not. arm that's he's got problem. one arm and he's got seven games of experience sorry dude no that's not good enough it's not I could, jimmy garoppolo went five and zero oh in 2017 like what are we talking about here God, like, can't we? Two, I, I'm and just he beat two playoff teams, Rob. He beat two playoff teams, right. the Mario he, to he, Tennessee Titans and the Jags. Right. He didn't even play. Brock didn't even play that great against the Cowboys. Three. Yeah, they won the game. He wasn't that great. Like, let's be real about this. Scotch watching on YouTube says Kyle is like that girlfriend who says no to every restaurant until you pick her favorite. Kyle is doing the same until the 49ers get him Kirk Cousins, which, by the way, is a very real possibility next yeah. season. Do not sleep on that at all because it's definitely possible. Trey could get yeah. to play this year and maybe not be good. And then Mikhail says, you know what? We're done with Trey. And if Brock never comes back the right way from the injury and he can't quite, you know, play the way he used to play, guess what? Then Kyle may be like, my first love is available. We don't have to give up a single draft pick to get him. I'm bringing him in and we're going to stop messing around with the quarterbacks. That's that's I, and- definitely possible. And it'll be interesting, the message they deliver to us then, right? Because right now the messaging is all about the rookie quarterback contract. And I guarantee you Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins is going to make a quite large sum of money once again in free agency. But the reason the conversation is real is because, like you mentioned, he's a free agent. But also, if the 49ers season is catastrophic, Brock Purdy will get blamed for that. Trey Lance will get blamed for that. But I don't think yep. Shanahan will. Shanahan has built up enough equity over the last seven years, that if the 49ers season is catastrophic, I don't think Shanahan will be the one to go. I think we would see the entire quarterback room being rearranged. And I think at that point, then we would see them go get Kirk Cousins because that might be, you know, asset-wise, their best available option in terms of solving their problems. (laughs) So, like, I I do think this is very real as much as people like to joke about this. It's very real. 
I think it's very real because if the 49ers have a catastrophic season, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. We're not going to sit here and say fire Kyle Shanahan and find the next coach. We're going to no. say find the next quarterback for Kyle Shanahan. I agree. And I, I honestly, I think that's the right way to go. I would not fire Kyle Shanahan. I, I don't care too, if they 100%. lost. Yeah, I don't care if they lost every single game. I wouldn't fire Kyle Shanahan. Right, like I could um, be upset with how he's handled the quarterback position, but I still think he's a freaking awesome coach. He's been unreal in terms of how he's done so many different things. Just make up your damn mind with the quarterback, dude. That's sometimes why you need an owner to step in. Like you, you need a little oversight there. You need someone to get him in a room with Lynch, clunk their heads together and say, stop this. I don't care if you think it's right. I'm the boss. I sign your checks. This is what we're doing. Figure out a way to make it work. And you don't have to like it, Kyle. I don't care if you leave that room pissed off or not. I'm it's the not owner. specific to Trey either, right? Right. It's yeah. not specific to Trey because you brought up the great point just 15 minutes ago about what happens to Brock if he comes in and he's a little rusty or isn't playing great. Like Shanahan's history tells us he could fall out of love with Brock really, really right. quickly too. Yep. And it's like, don't do that to him either. There needs to be some sort of over. Maybe that's the last thing that he needs. Every coach has strengths and weaknesses. And maybe one of Kyle's is he just doesn't value or handle the quarterback position the way he should. That doesn't mean he can't be successful. He just needs somebody to help in that area of weakness. And unfortunately, because Kyle has so much sway in the organization, the only person that can do that is the owner. And I don't think Jed ever will. Because I think Jed's just fine making NFC Championship games year after year. That's just fine with him. He's, I don't think he will, but I would, that's why I want to interview Kyle Vish. Cause I just want to grab him by the shoulders and shake him until he understands. I would tell him right to his face. I think you're doing it wrong. I absolutely would. And I would love to I see. I know you response. would. I would I love would. to see. Hey, Kyle, you don't value the quarterback position enough. Why are you doing it like that? I would absolutely love PR to hear his team response. is making the call right there and ending the interview. Yep. I know. Or Kyle's just punching me in the face, but either one. I don't think he would. I think he likes to be challenged. I don't know. I, I, when I see him in pressers and stuff and I see people suck up to him and ask him the sucking up questions, he doesn't seem to be like, Oh my God. Like, I love the <laughs> fact that you guys are sucking up to be about it at all. He seems to understand the reality and the professionalism of the job. I think he wouldn't mind if somebody pushed back on him. He might wow. be a little snarky about it, but I, I don't think it necessarily, he's not going to be up at night thinking Rob Guerrero said, I don't, He's not going to screenshot that tweet. He's not going to screenshot that particular tweet and respond it to you when you're complimenting him about something else. Right. He's not going to kittle me. Is that what you're uh, referencing there? Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, George. Screenshot a tweet of mine from like two weeks ago. Deliberately cut out the date, by the way, in your screenshot. I see how you roll. George is George. George. Look, I get why players. I get why players don't like hearing it that I don't think they're going to finish their contract with a team. I don't expect him to like it, but it also doesn't make it not true. So we'll find out who eventually ends up being right there. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Gold Standard Network, and rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. You can follow Vish on Twitter at Vish Kumaran. I am at Stats on Fire. Vish, how about next week we don't talk about quarterbacks at all? What do you think of that? Dude, I'm so down for that. I thought it would be this week, and then we have random NFL accounts, you know, making us talk about quarterbacks. But I'm so down. Let's talk about anything besides the quarterbacks. I'm in. All right, there you go. That's our challenge next week. We'll see if we live up to it. 
Thanks again, everybody. Have a good week. Thank <laughs> you.